0: Welcome, Star Citizens, back to another episode of the Citizen Feed. We're a podcast bringing you all the latest information that we find on Star Citizens so we can disseminate it to you guys. We appreciate the activity level that we've been getting lately, the likes, the subscriptions. Keep doing that. Make sure that you help us get everything out that we want to get to you guys. All right? so. We're going to begin the show by introducing our hosts. I'm Delta X85 from the big SC in the United States. We got Mazda 69 from Australia, and we got Ace 36 from Stanton itself. Ace, why don't you take us into the weekend in review?
1: All right, guys, uh, this week in review, I would like to talk about what I have done, and we'll give it over to you. I'll just start off with uh, the first session I had this week was uh, very PVP-oriented. And we actually had a lot of fun until people got bitter, and then we just quit because it got annoying at some point, and And um, I didn't want it to ruin my gaming experience. Uh, so so, yeah, the, the other thing I did this week was trying to play Xenothread. Focus on the trying to, because it didn't work in, on any of the servers I have been on, and I tried at least 10. And uh, Phase 3 was always bugging out, and Xenothread was very lazy and didn't even show up to the fight. So, yeah, still waiting Just to complete to it this up. week. <laughs> Those are some lazy terrorists, man, I tell you. I guess it would probably be idra is that how we would do it (laughs) what have you guys been doing
0: um yeah
1: you go i'll go first i'll butt in
2: there delta um i'm excited that's why i'm butting in because Ah, threat actually worked for me after two attempts so there you go um it actually worked a lot of desync and stuff obviously all the regular kind of problems that we have with Star Citizen was there, but still the potential of Star Citizen kind of shined through all the bugs. I did the cargo side of things, I did the fighting side of things, and um, in the fighting side of things, it kind of, for a split second, felt I was in a large space battle. Um, There was just gunfire everywhere, there was ships flying everywhere, there was explosions everywhere, mainly just um, (laughs) the poor AI getting massacred. Um, But it was fun, and then we did the um, the cargo stuff as well on on the second attempt, and uh, the mission worked. So, yeah, happy that it worked once out of I think three times that I tried. And like you, Ace, and probably Delta was like sort of server hopping and stuff to to you know to try and get the right the right one. But even more exciting to me was I did my first successful prison break, guys. So, oh man.
1: I'm still. Congratulations!
2: Yeah, my character's wearing his prison clothes. He's still wearing them, so I'm running around the verse in prison clothes, and I'm really proud.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a thing. Mm-hmm. You have, like you get the key Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Oh, I, I you, know. you can. You can even put armor on top of the of the prison undersuit. Oh, it's funny.
2: Big shout out to my friend Solzy. He's (sighs) the one that came and collected me from the prison. So, yeah, that sums up my week, guys. As far as
0: my week, I haven't had uh, a whole lot of time in the verse because – and I know you guys are going to yell at me, but it's that ADMI, and I can't escape it, man. The the more people that we recruit, the more things that I have to do. I'm always tweaking the Discord, always in meetings and trying to make sure – that we are developing the org to be successful when this game is actually playable, and especially looking in the future with 3.15 and 16. And uh, will we go to a 17 or will we go to 4.0? I don't know, but each successive patch is getting to where the game has more and more potential. So trying to get these guys organized, get us unified, playing as a group, that's one of the things that I know is a, that we have as a hurdle in this game keeping players interested and we've had uh, discussions about this before but now I'm really putting the boots down and having admin meetings and officer meetings trying to get everybody involved in recruiting and making sure that we build up the the organization itself because we do have a community in our discord as well that's separated from the org but uh trying to put more emphasis on that tight net group so when as things evolve we are able to be successful Uh, for my gameplay I have probably attempted Xenothreat at least three times uh, probably a total of 630k's one time I logged in took me 30 minutes to get my ship, Uh, Everest Harbor was still having an issue where on pad one you're Sentinel or your Vanguard, which seems to be one of the ships that are affected by this, comes with a gangster lane, and you can't reach the ramp. Oh, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. disturbing. After that, I uh, would get in. I would be flying to to Mick. Was it Mick L one? hitting the microtech for Xenothreat, threat. Bam, thirty k, thirty k. I was like, oh my god, I'm never gonna get over there. So when I did finally get into it got through uh, first phase into the cargo hauling, did that. Uh, At first, I was a little irritated by it, but... You know, when you see the activity level, everyone's working together, it's like, ah, okay. But I did notice that everyone's kind of lazy when it comes to the the cargo hauling because no (laughs) one wants to get out of the ship and go. Because you're sitting there and I guess everybody's doing the same thing, trying to watch that ticker go up. And you're like, ah, this shit ain't moving, dude. Somebody's got to do it. So usually our team, we work well together. That's one of the things that I can say. So we land, we'll start getting... The, the various pieces of cargo that's got to be taken over back to, uh, to Jericho. Ran that. I uh, have yet to complete one. Uh, can't blame it all on CIG because usually I have very limited time. So by the time we get in there, get running and things start going smoothly, I usually have to log out. But outside of that, that's pretty much it. I I did do some experiments with uh, loadouts on the Sentinel Vanguard. Because uh, I know that, to be honest with you, as much as I love that ship, I still want to give it uh, a shot. Mm -hmm. Because right now, the the Harbinger seems the, the better lean... But the the sentinel is taking some tweaking, so I've changed around some guns. I think I got a pretty decent loadout on it now. But uh, you definitely want to have a, a turret gunner in that absolute fact. When you got that that size five, no matter what you run, those little ships. If you can target on them and hit them, it doesn't take much to explode them. Although uh, the hurricane, and I think we were actually decent because I hit that thing with two size four missiles and three size threes and i was lighting it up and it just wouldn't explode so i can't really blame that on the loadout pretty sure it was decent because after we uh we exploded we grabbed another a, a hurricane to put hurricane against hurricane and we were just on on that thing and it would never explode so i'm gonna chalk that one up the desync the almighty desync there's two things in here that we uh we always hear about and we all one we want and the other one we never want to see desync and server meshing
2: yep (laughs)
1: that's pretty much it for me this week, guys all right it sounds fun though I mean, at least you got to try Xenothread and uh, see the cooperation between people. I, I liked that in the in, in the last release of Xenothread that cooperation uh, between players who had never met was pretty good. I'm now, not sure uh, if this is going
2: Talking about cooperation, and I'm not name-dropping here for the sake of name-dropping. I don't know these people except what I see on YouTube, so I'm not doing that right. But I was on the server with a morphologist who was... We were doing the cargo stuff and we were in the Starfarer passing cargo in and out. And then this 600i started shooting at us, like <laughs> lining itself up and shooting into the Starfarer. And he got one of my friends, uh, killed one <laughs> of my friends, right? And I was hiding behind some stuff, sh- shooting with a machine gun back at him to no avail. And I typed in chat. I was like, "Who? who's shooting at us and why? And someone said Linus. Linus... I think it's Linus Tech Tips, but I'm not sure,
0: man. No, that's who it is. He's got a video on Star Citizen. He and his group jumped in. Like
2: recently? Like today or yesterday Uh, or something? No,
0: this video they released was uh, probably... Back a couple months ago, maybe yeah. about three months ago, yeah,
2: I'm aware of that. They jumped
0: in, was dicking around, but I guess he's he's hopping in and out then.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if it's true or not, but anyway, so he wasn't cooperating. <laughs> he was shooting <laughs> us, but anyway,
0: it was funny. well. I mean, uh, I, I can't judge him for that <laughs> because I, that actually made me think about a situation I did have in one of my experiences with the Xenothreat. I uh, I guess it desynced. So when I was killing the xeno threat, for some reason, they changed into to character names, but they were still red. Then I, I started blowing them out of the sky and wound up with a, a crime stat. So I wound up with like a crime stat three for murder, so I just started killing everybody at that point. so
1: <laughs> Well. Becoming, so you got to experience
0: both fights.
2: Yeah. Becoming a criminal is kind of a freeing uh, feeling, isn't it? You're like, okay, I can shoot everyone now.
0: Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew I had to go to work too. So I was like, I don't even have to fuck with prison. I just log back in. My sentence will be over. So I just started slaughtering people. And I know I pissed a lot of people off because those cargo mm. missions, I mean, that cargo mission is, is not really intense as much as it is just tedious. Mm. So I... I could imagine the 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 cutie I took out probably had a decent amount. I'd like to think the emotional <laughs> anguish that I put those guys through, but uh, I was pretty shitting about that decent because I noticed that when when they were even though the targets were still red, then I started shooting them wound up with a crime stat and I don't know exactly what the parameters and issues were with, with all of that, but uh, shortly after I did all of that. I seen that the, I got resynced So and then I had a crime stat, so I wasn't able to do the mission. I was like, fuck it.
2: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, at least we all had uh, some Xeno threat experience, um, for better or for worse. Um, I'm
1: going to give it another try.
2: Yeah. I'm nearly at the um, third level, which is where you get the chest piece for the armor. The other set. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to uh, CIG media releases for the week, guys? Absolutely. Drum roll, please. All right. So as usual, there was two videos. There was a Star Citizen live game dev called Gangs of Pyro Concepts, and the second video was Inside Star Citizen uh, editorial territorial summer 2021 that's the second time they've rhymed the name isn't it of the video what was the other one something admission permission or something was last week anyway yeah but
1: (laughs) i think that's what happens when jared's in charge of making the titles
2: they're rhyming (laughs) (laughs) um let's start off with the first i I think a little bit more simple uh video uh had one of my favorite artists jeremiah lee um in the gangs of pyro concept and um I think overall with the videos uh, this week, guys, and probably in the f- next coming weeks, I mean, um, Disco Lando said it himself that they're kind of holding back as much, you know, juicy information as they can so they can unleash on us in uh, CitizenCon. So expect a lot more like origin stories about developers and, and you know, art, art things maybe and, and whatnot. So anyway, Jeremiah Lee and um, Disco Lando uh, were, uh, uh, doing concepts of a member of a gang in in Pyro. And I I keep forgetting there's more than Xenothreat in Pyro. I keep just thinking Xenothreats in Pyro. So for me, it was uh, refreshing. They, there was a gang uh, member called the Fire Rats, which I think were survivors on Pyro 3. And because the sun is dying in Pyro, there's all these solar flares and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, what is it, the cosmic activities happening from a a dying sun, which ends up burning and scarring you and, um, you know, it's just a horrible kind of environment to to live in. And these guys, the fire rats survived and and sort of flourished on on Pyro 3 and um, they got into the business of stealing ships. And, um, they, they, I think their main goal is to take over Ruin Station from uh, Xeno Threat. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, and Jeremiah Lee had, uh, Todd Pappy, (laughs) um, and kind of started, you know, he went through this process of, of the artwork that he does and, um, ended up with a member of, of, of the fire rats. Um, for those, um, at home on, 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 the audio, sorry, in the podcast, it's kind of a Mad Max looking type, type character, I suppose with, uh, you know, with armor, but you live in a hot kind of environment. So you got like some flesh and you got some, you know, exposed flesh, you got some armor, but you got a face mask on and, and he had like some glasses on and things like that. But, um, I don't have much more to add, guys, except I enjoy those two. I think it's it's lighthearted. I love – I've t- I said it before in, in episode one or whatever. I love seeing the art art process. Um, but, yeah, and, again, it's just good to see other cultures in Pyro. It's not just Xenothreat, which uh, which I thought it was for, for some reason. But, um, yeah, c- enjoyed oh. it.
1: Another info I got out of it was that the fire rats are sun worshipping cultists too. So uh, uh, those yeah. those burns w- will maybe be like uh, ritualistic or have like scarification style burns going on with uh, with patterns and stuff. It's not just random burns. Uh, they will do it kind of voluntarily or something like that. So that was a cool idea, and uh, in, instead of a of a regular weapon, the dude had like a modified mining laser, which also seemed kind of cool.
2: Oh, that was... would be so cool! Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, was, that was one that of was... the
1: recommendations from the the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's also another cool thing uh, the the interaction with the crowd, because uh, the the faction itself, the the Fire Rats, was also created during one of those live streams. Yeah, it's it's a couple of months back, but uh, four weeks. I'm not sure myself. But
2: so Jeremiah, but, yeah, but... Jeremiah had like pictures of burnt, like people, like on his mood board. I think it's called where he starts off with the concepts. He had pictures of like people burnt flesh and scars, like real pictures <laughs> um, to use as yeah as as a point of reference. So I mean, imagine the fire rats. Like I could imagine like. When you you live in the darks, probably in like, I don't know, underground as much as you can to sort of hide away from from the heat. And then like when you're 18, there's like some sort of a ritual where you have to go out at noon and like survive (laughs) the solar flares. (laughs) Like the Spartans.
1: Yeah, maybe. Who knows, man? I mean, it's a gang and stuff and they they, they should have some sort of ritual of passing. (laughs) This is a cool idea.
0: Yeah, these videos to me are always anticlimactic because you wait a whole entire week and then you get this, which is interesting. Like if, if if they were really going to say, take this one character for sure, like they may, we don't know for, you know, mm. they, you know exactly if they're going to do this, but take this one character and this is going to be one of the members of Fire Rats. You know, this is like, what did they say is a mid-level member? Uh, it, it would probably appeal to me a little more, but, uh, I mean, overall, it's, it's still interesting to be able to sit back and watch them go through the process of creating at least the concepts and the general direction that they're going to go with the, the idea, the fire rats, obviously there were ship hijackers, mm-hmm. then, you know, the the worship of the dying star and you know like a said it is spiritual to them so they have a a, a spiritual level with that so we might even see more like a a cult
1: mm. a
0: cultish gang if you will because they had elements of i mean a lot of different things <laughs> they were trying to avoid not not going the iconic route but to be honest with you human culture and fiction is to a point to where iconography there's no novelty in it anymore you have to necessarily adopt even if we locked you in a white room you would inevitably pull from your mind you're going to pull from those icons that's that's just it's, it's coming It's is mm-hmm. necessary because it's going to wind up being the fact that you're going to like for instance mad max vikings you know cyberpunk blade runner all of these ideas were just mixed together and there's subtle shades and differences and nuances uh, that really can't be avoided especially if you're going that route i mean just by nature yeah. in general
1: Yeah. And in the nature of the objects you have to create themselves. I mean, armor can only have so many variations. It always has to follow certain basic concepts for the character to be able to wear it and move in it. And you know, I mean, there's limits to what you can do.
0: Yeah. Even with that,
1: everything will kind of look related
0: and. no if you're right. poor, like th- your things are going to look tattered and torn. So tattered and torn, and a system like Pyro is dying is the fucking ghetto. Everything in the ghetto is is tattered, torn, broken down, dilapidated, disheveled. Uh, you know, and then when you you add technology into it is a, in in a post apocalyptic fashion. Yes, we're going to be
1: yeah.
0: you're leaning on I. Iconic things and those things were iconic because they initially were set in motion at the particular time the fiction started developing and then along the way that's all you're going to be able to wind up especially with like a a dusty atmosphere with no life to it but uh i mean overall it's really interesting It, it always intrigues me but yet like I said, it's anticlimactic. It's like I'm waiting for it get in there. And it's like, uh, okay. Yeah, it's all right. He did kind of look like Skrillex, uh, Skrillex. So, uh, <laughs> I was, I was waiting for the DJ table to get put down there. At least have some, some music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, some Viking EDM.
2: <laughs> did, was it, was it the case that, um, Jared didn't know about Vikings. Like they were looking at, um, yeah, Lo- yeah absolutely. Loki, and they were like, "Who's this guy?" And I was like, "No way, these guys haven't seen Vikings." Oh my god! Well, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe he's a space
1: nerd. Yeah, but that's one you can you can still watch as a space nerd. Uh, apparently not him. Yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't want
0: to watch Vikings. Maybe yeah. it's too violent for him.
2: Or maybe he just doesn't know. But yeah, anyway, well, but, 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 I mean, there's so many shows I haven't seen. I'm being a bit of a harsh judge. I was like, oh, my God, someone <laughs> hasn't seen Vikings? Um, too funny. All right, so not much more to say about that um let's move on to the other video of the week uh which was inside star citizen and for me again and i'm sure for you guys potentially the the first half was an origin sort of story about justin chambers who's the guy that edits all the um media releases and videos that we see um not much more to add from my point of view for in that first half if people like to you know, if you want to hear an inspirational story, or you like editing yourself, then you know maybe uh, you, you can get something out of out of that. But uh, you know, it is interesting to see who does all this stuff after all these years as well. I mean, I didn't know. You know, I watch these videos, you know, twice a week for the last four years, and now I know it's kind of the face behind it all, which which is yeah, it's it's something, it's good. But yeah, the um, sprint report uh had some uh, nuggets some 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 good nuggets of information um so i'll just start off with uh, there was one more hospital the, the the hospital in lawville that we all kind of walk past all the time the giant uh maria hospital in lawville got added onto the list of hospitals that's going to be activated which is really good um they then showed off some of the hacking stuff that they're working on specifically the hacking terminals or the hacking ports and mm-hmm. uh they talked about the sizes of them all um and uh yeah some some other things but instead of me just listing them all off uh delta what 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 did you like about um inside star citizen
0: well i mean <laughs> I guess I'm kinda gonna go back a little bit on what I just said and, and give it some positive vibe. All right, so you know, there there are those individuals, some haters out there that say Star Citizen is a scam and it's never going anywhere. I mean the reality of it is is that they have over seven hundred employees and there's they're all working towards this common goal of creating this. Epic simulation, this epic game that has never been achieved nor th- pretty sure thought about, but obviously never achieved and there are people behind the scenes doing these jobs that lead the game in the direction that it's going and it's inter- it's interesting and uh i think necessary to be able to see those people because we're we're able to see like Justin chambers who is doing the editing. And then, you know, obviously we see Jeremiah a lot. And we know that he's an artist, you know, working on these concepts and on the back end. And then we'll see developers, you know, development teams. It's it's a good thing because what other game developer do we get that much information? And just not that much information, but we have a dedicated schedule to receive these videos and dives into what they're doing what is coming so outside of that i mean i i can definitely say you know star citizen is not a scam do we have bugs yes do i get on a soapbox and bitch about a lot of things i do i think being the (laughs) the devil's advocate is necessary but Never, never forget the fact that I, that I do love the game. We were talking about that last night when we were playing. You know, when the game is running good, you can just sit back in awe. And when we sit back oh, yeah. in awe and you are following these videos weekly, I think you have a more holistic <clears throat> appreciation for it because so you, in the back it. of your mind, you subconsciously have... uh The ability to 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 know the people that are behind the process i've never even thought about who's doing what on the back end ever as a gamer until i got into this game and we started doing this podcast and i started following these videos every single week even though i watched them before i never like analyzed them uh so i i do appreciate that cig that that is two thumbs up there now you, you you touched on the hospitals as far as what caught my eye the most was uh, the geology and height map of nix because okay. that's another system i'm ready to get out of stanton and the reason why i'm ready to get out of stanton is in theory my logic is leading me to think that if these guys are going to open up new systems I don't know. Maybe it's not logic. It's more of faith and hope. Uh, Yeah, I guess I need to erase logic and move with faith and hope. (laughs) Faith and hope that we are actually going to get some new servers because the servers cannot handle the load. I'm hoping that they're taking down notes and like, okay, guys, when we release this system, let's have a better server. Could we? I don't know. But it is good to always see... You know, new systems being developed, and they're working on multiple systems. So right now, the, the crapshoot is, what are we getting next? I don't want Pyro next, because we need server meshing for that to work properly. There's no way we're going to be only able to have 50 players in each server and be able to work efficiently and organize and run the full potential of pyro, especially with the way the economics are gonna be in pyro. So let's let's wait on pyro, give us another one, and and the I have faith and hope the CIG is gonna give us better servers on those. And then I'll go over there and leave Stanton so it can operate halfway decent. <laughs>
2: um I think the takeaway from that was uh Delta's not going to leave Stanton until server meshing's in place, because <laughs> Pyro would be too crazy without it.
0: Oh man, it's not. It's just the potential, man. Like the potential of what it can be. It would definitely be disappointing for me to go over there and have this epic vision of what I want to do. And I mean, you got to think you're you're going to need to to team up and. Work together as an orb for all the reasons why we talked about last week. Server mission is going to be necessary, but uh, I I digress overall. I got you, I was just
2: joking. (laughs) 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 Um,
1: what about you, Ace? Um,
2: What what, what tickled your fancy, my friend?
1: Vulture, 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 vulture. Oh, yes. Progress on the vulture, which is highly interesting, and um, yeah, salvage is coming soon, so yeah, it's got my heart beating a little bit faster. who got a vulture um,
2: again out of you guys? I don't,
1: no, I don't, I don't no. yet, okay. cool. but I might get
0: one. Yeah. Um, no, I said I was definitely getting one,
2: yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and another thing was, uh, they kept working on the atmospheric effects on Crusader, so uh. Mm. They, uh, ship effects and character effects I don't I don't know if you saw it because it was like very short and not that well visible but uh no I uh, want to talk sort of nice I want to talk about down. that
2: I want to talk about that a lot that's my open <laughs> mic thing okay
1: uh, yeah. th- then I'll just leave it at that and we'll we'll touch uh, we'll touch on that once we get to open mic
2: Cool. I'll just round out some more notes and then uh, we can move on to the next segment. So the hacking was touched on with the hacking terminals and stuff. Obviously, um, they had a, like a larger size hacking terminal then they decided to go with a smaller size as well so they can put it in different places. Uh, the crypto keys, they were looking at different variants of crypto keys for different uses as well, which is awesome. Um, again, it's that hacking mechanic kind of being fleshed out. Um, which is really good. Um, and that's what I love about this sprint report. It's just these little nuggets of information that, mm, you know, keep me going. <laughs> um, uh, the plants on Nix as well, uh, more plants. And uh, um, I think that's all I've got. So, yeah, really, really good yeah. st- string of information. And I think that sums up our CIG media releases, guys for this week. So it's time for some Ship Talk.
0: Ship Talk. Welcome to Ship Talk, where every week we select the ship and we just review it. We review the history, the components, the technical overview, the variants, Because we we all are interested in ships. Why? Because this is a space game. Ships are necessary. So it's absolutely something that we need to discuss every single week. And we're going to go through one ship a week. And I got a feeling that we're never going to reach the end. That they continue to develop the game. So this week we actually are going to cover the Aegis Hammerhead. We all have seen them. We have fought them. If you're a combat player. Now we we do know that in, in 313 they were rather easy to destroy. This time actually they're not that much more difficult in my opinion. But uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss it. So the Aegis hammerhead was actually <clears throat> developed in 2773. That was the release date for it used in the UEE Navy pretty extensively during the Messer is where it saw most of its activity level in the UEE, probably because the Messer era was so fascist and imperialistic, which is why the UEE is slowly trying to separate itself from that uh, negative connotation, that whole entire era. But the I have to say the hammerhead probably does represent that error more than anything else because I mean it's a it's a badass ship. A fully crewed hammerhead is definitely something that you can not ignore. Oh no. Definitely not. Uh do either of you have one? Yep. Nope. I've got one. Moz has one. Yeah. So what what was the
2: I've got a, be, I've got a best in, I've got show a be, Best yeah. in show, the the first best in show, the the white and purple one.
1: Yeah, or, of or, course,
0: or
2: pink, <laughs> white and pink rather. White, purple, pink. <laughs> yeah,
1: but actually, um, it looks pretty cool in purple.
2: Yeah, I, I well, really pur- like it in purple. Purple and black are the skeleton crew colours. Um, so we've got half of it there. We don't have the other half, but anyway. <laughs> um, man, I think. So uh, one thing about when I did research on this like you just said um Delta is that it was released in you know 2773 which is roughly about 180 years ago in 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 the verse and then as a guy that plays mech warrior and and battletech I'm I'm into that kind of genre as well and in that world there're like you know you'll get a mech that's like been in a family for like hundreds of years, right? You got this piece of technology that's like hundreds of years old. And when I read this, I was like, oh man, that's kind of can be the same thing in the verse where you, you you might have, I don't know, a mission or something which involves like a ship, like a hammerhead or something else, but it's like 300 years old or something, you know? And it's a really special ship for for whatever reason. So I find the age... Quite intriguing to you know have a hundred year old ship or two hundred year old ships pretty cool I think, um, but back to the um, cool back to the um, hammerhead I mean um, I love it man I mean the things I love about it is the poster that you see of the jaws poster with the hammerhead coming up have you guys seen that around the verse.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I
0: have
2: seen that. Yeah, it's the Jaws poster and it's got a big AM head coming out of the ocean or something. So that's pretty cool. Um and I like the simplicity of it, man. Like you you the the hallways are like a figure eight, the passageways. It's like a figure eight. Yeah. And intuitively you know where all the turrets are, and it's easy to learn, it's not silly, you, you know, you know where to go. Um The bridge, um, not being able to look up kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I don't know why I'm stuck on this thing that if I'm in a spaceship, I want to look up, down, left and right for some reason. But anyway, um, the only thing that kind of annoys me is that hole in the middle. What the hell is that hole in the middle for? No one knows. It's a waste of space. Like who puts a hole in the middle of a spaceship, man? You could have put a gymnasium, a pool room, you know, you could have put you yeah, know, even
1: if inaccessible tech or whatever, it would have been cooler because for me, that's just structural and the structural integrity fails like right there.
2: Yeah. It's just mm. weird. Yeah. It's weird.
1: But it would be nice if they could
0: put a small support ship, like say the Merlin or something a little bit larger mm. in the center, mm. you could just drop it out. Yeah. And I think they would be able to easily program that in. Mm.
1: No, great. And yeah, maybe we'll get something. Who knows? so maybe, maybe like uh, like a spot to drop two bikes or something.
2: Yeah, that, that'd be so cool. So this ship's like a. It's called a heavy gunship. Now, other gunships include um, like the Redeemer and the and the Misk. Uh, the the freelancer misc right they're they're not heavy gunships they're just normal gunships this is obviously a much bulkier uh, version of them and it's correct me if I'm wrong it's designed des- designed to kill fighters so it's designed yeah. to escort bigger ships and just you know blow the hell out of you know small medium fighters that 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 are attacking um, and I think with the turret improvements apart from getting locked. In the turret chamber, which is an annoying bug, CIG, please fix that. Um, it, it, they're getting quite a f- they're very effective, I think, with the fully crewed hammerhead. Uh, as, 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 I've said in previous streams many a times, I've said it. I've said, oh, we got on a hammerhead and we like, we, we never got killed. We, we only got killed once because someone torpedoed us. I think from from long range, but when people, retaliated. I think so, yeah it was a tally and it was on the ptu where everyone's got access to a tally so as soon as you get in a hammerhead in the ptu people just run and spawn a tally because they've got access to every ship you know what i mean so it's inevitable on the ptu (laughs) that you just get popped um but on the pu man there's so many times we've survived out like an hour an hour and a half two hours of constant fighting in a hammerhead which says a lot yeah um so, yeah, like it's got six turrets. Each turret's got um, four size four guns. It's got 32 size three missiles that the pilot can shoot, which is great. So your turret men can do stuff and your pilot can actually launch missiles as well. Um, they're all kind of like size three components, large, large, a mixture of large and medium components on the ship. But really for me, the Hammerhead is this. The Hammerhead and the Mole, are two of the ships that i have the fondest multi-crew memories of constantly Um, more so than any other ships the mall for the mining side of things you go have a quiet time with your friends and and do some mining but the hammerhead for that action-packed let's go and you know blockade porto let's go smack up grim hex whatever and you have so much fun i think Those two ships for me, I have the most fond memories in in multi-crew. So, yeah, love the Hammerhead.
0: Imagine a (laughs) a fleet with these flanking or on the the fleet's flanks. Because if you're flying a fleet, you got these on your flanks, all your support fighters within, say, that envelope, then you got your large ships in there as well with your carriers. I would be a badass fleet, dude. Because yeah. one, you got what six turrets on each one. So let's say you had six hammerheads on the flank of, of this fleet. You, you have a, a eighteen turrets to get through that line, and then the the small fighters can come out of the front end, run your your capital size carriers in the center, and then uh, you could make a a pr- well gonna have to use that word when server mission comes in because <laughs> a lot of those capital shifts hell you gotta have 12 people just to turn turn it on and make it function appropriately yeah but uh could could imagine the potential there in the future with with some of these these would definitely be situations where you're gonna want to flank your your fleets with it now one of the things that i have experiences that even you know let's talk about the game and the functionality most of the time when i get in these ships in game specifically the hammerhead we always have issues i know oh. i've been in the hammerhead five times three of the times either people get stuck in the turrets can't get out of the doors uh <laughs> only one time we crashed the server, and I do think we crashed it because we had two fully crewed Hammerheads. And it just so happened, as soon as we launched and we were in flight, boom, it crashed. Coincidental? Maybe. But uh, we did have one time where we had one fully crewed Hammerhead. And as you said, it is, it's a very enjoyable experience. Is it a situation where you're getting in this and we're about to make a shit ton of money? No, man. You get in the Hammerhead to go have fun especially if it's fully crew. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Can 100% agree. And yeah, being a turret gunner on the hammerhead is a serious commitment, <laughs> but if your mates help you, you can get out again. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those times serious I was commitment. with mates. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, just, just for my own imagination, it's 115 meters long. So I think the staff error was a hundred meters long. I like to look at the length. I think it gives me yeah, a, that's your thing, man. Uh, uh, yeah, um, it makes <laughs> it makes me imagine it. Um, not that I need to imagine it because we bloody go into one all the time. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, I'm a thumbs up to the hammerhead. Long live the hammerhead.
1: Yeah, I can totally agree to that, man. It's a good ship, it's and by now
0: ship. we all know it. You should have heard of it by now. And if you haven't ever heard of it, you must just be starting the game because everyone knows the ship. I think this is probably the most recognized ship out of them all. So for, for me, the hammerhead actually looks least like the Aegis aesthetic than any of their other ships. For me, it, it looks like, uh, more reminiscent, reminiscent of, of Drake than anything else. It's probably their most rustic-looking ship out of the Aegis fleet.
2: Okay, that's interesting.
1: Well, it's it's got a very military and functional interior. Let, let's go with that. I definitely can agree to that. It's uh, it's way more efficient in, in design than uh, many other ships that are not so efficient. Let's just put it like that. So...
2: It's simplicity is uh, what I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um, Simplicity would definitely be a word. Industrial comes to mind as well, but definitely doesn't have that sleek, elegant, ritzy, Aegis feel and look to Mm. it. And Maybe they ran with that because it is a military vessel.
2: Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. Also, it, it's oh, uh, it's supposed to be be kind of armored uh, later on, at least. Yes. So, it should be it, tough to kill, right? Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta have some some reminiscence of that, and and have some slightly less sleek design than a fighter. It's a glass or, armor. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Basically. Through. Waiting on it like we're waiting on server meshing and <laughs> the disappearance of 30Ks and desync.
2: Everyone gets a dollar every time we say server meshing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're to be rich soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pay me in Bitcoin. <laughs> All, All right. right, guys. So that that sums up the our oh, overview shit, of the don't. Hammerhead. Yep. Chip talks over and we're gonna slide on into the scripted lure. Ace, you the man of the hour.
1: Okay, uh, so this week we're gonna revisit the UEE a little bit and uh, analyze the structure of um, of the UEE itself, how it's made up, uh, what, what parts of the government exist and uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, let's start at the very top, I'd, I'd say. it's uh, Power structure is basically built up like a per- pyramid. You got the Imperator, uh, imperator at, up top, and then you have um, the UEE splitting off into three sections. You got the High Secretary, you got the High Command, and you got the High Advocate. Uh, the High Secretary compares like uh, the Congress, and there's uh, the the citizens and civilians of the verse are fall into that category the high command is um put together out of the um, marines the navy and the army and the high advocate is uh just the advocacy which is basically like um, international special force police by agency if you want and um they have, like, uh, the most legal authority in, in any system.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. Um, an interesting thing to touch on would be the, the civilian and citizen status. Yeah, what is that?
2: Difference. I didn't realize there's a difference. Yeah.
1: Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a um, defined difference between a civilian and a citizen. Citizenship is earned through distinguished service in the military or by um, performing any other services that benefit the UEE in advancing and expanding and like civil right. service stuff. And, and, and you can uh, actually apply yeah. as well. Yes, but nice. you have you, you have to you have to um, fulfill certain criteria to to, to be granted citizenship, and only citizens uh, are able to reach the highest positions in, in, in the government. Um, if, if you have the civilian status, uh, the, the highest um, hierarchy you can reach is governor, but it doesn't move on past there. You, you need citizenship to, to advance further in the political system. Uh, another thing to note is Imperador is not the same as it was in, during the Messer era. Uh, we we have a democratic system going at the moment after the revolution. When was it two thousand seven hundred ninety-two, if I remember correctly? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's basically like like the president in in the modern era in in certain countries or or chancellor or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's not like uh, an absolute hereditary monarchy anymore it's uh, it's an elected person and uh, the current person is Edison. Uh over yeah. to you guys do you wanted to touch on something specific here or
0: Yeah yeah so you know I have issues with with the UEE, <laughs> and I haven't been on that lately I haven't I, I've, I've had too much going on with my my org so we can get ourselves organized to the point that we can wreak havoc and wreck the UEE and all, especially those player creating UEE orgs, that's the, that was just going to be the most rewarding experience. So let's, <sighs> I guess, start from the top and then we'll just go down from there. Since this, this is, a pyramid scheme. Uh, so UEE, it, it spans across 37 systems. Founded in 2546, led by the Imperator. So I so will run through the Imperator, then we can just bounce it back, then we'll move along down the pyramid. So Imperator, the head, serves one 10-year term uh-huh. over the military, oversees all branches, now can be impeached if opposed by the rest of the governmental body signs and vetoes laws uh, now the interesting thing that you you touched on was the messer error that error specifically ran for 235 years of pure tyranny which is pretty much the momentum that we're still dealing with as far as the connotation and the negativity of the UEE. It doesn't undermine the fact of my position that they shouldn't be in Stanton because Stanton is not represented. However, that was in the contract when they purchased the the land. But if if they couldn't, you you shouldn't be here if we don't have representation. That's a fundamental flaw in any sort of governmental body over another entity. Uh, Only citizens are eligible. And as we just touched on, citizens and civilians are totally different. So you have to actually have 50,000 signatures to even be a candidate. And then they essentially just draw up an advertisement blasted on Spectrum, and then out of all of those candidates, only 10 are selected for the next round of votes. Moss? Yep.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about the Imperator and the UAE, uh, I like to come in from a very, very high level to give people context of where we're at today. So before the Mesa era, there was the UPE, which was the United Planets of Earth, which is kind of mm-hmm. humanity becoming conscious in the universe and organizing itself into a single entity. And the UPE was like like so democratic that it was so caught up in its own bureaucratic processes and stuff. It was almost, it was so inefficient um, that that's what allowed MESA, to come in and kind of take control of the UPE. So if you had a pendulum, right, humanity started, let's, let's just, for the sake of it, say the, the pendulum started on the left-hand side, which is the UPE. And then when Mesa came in on the back of the inefficiencies and all that stuff, made the UEE extremely efficient <laughs> by becoming a dictatorship. Let's say the pendulum swing, swings all the way to the right. And then, when we had the revolution and kicked out the messes, we've kind of come back into the centre um, of, of of those two positions, if you like. And um, we have an imperator, yes, but as as you said, it can be it can be dethroned if he's gone crazy in a wall or, or whatever, and uh, or he's gone crazy and evil or whatever. The, the government can overthrow him. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on where we are today type thing you know we were we started off at one extreme went to the other extreme and now we're in this kind of central position where the law i'm reading is the UEE has got evil people in it good people doing good stuff bad people doing bad stuff it's got a whole kaleidoscope of 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 kind of room of of, of people doing stuff in it so um that's quite interesting.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So then you got the Congress after that, which is the legislative branch made up of humans and non humans. Only citizens, again, are eligible. You can serve five years, you can have unlimited terms. It's sad to say that we have yet to understand that senators and representatives should have term limits. It is very disturbing to me that after n- even 900 years later, we are still doing this dumb shit. We have not progressed in advance whatsoever. Uh, so the, the in order for uh, you to get a representative for your planet, you have to reach statehood and be recognized by the emperor uh the uh planet is gets to send their senators if they have they may have one they may have many um the ue senate passes bills and discusses the budget for the uee as well as the military uh advises the imperator on uee policy Foreign policy. So we we do have three major uh, parties, which is also sad, too, because we still get caught up in isolating ourselves into a small number of parties. That's disturbing. You're in a democratic situation, but yet you're isolating yourself into a position where you only have three parties. What the hell, man? I mean we're, we're stuck in that cycle. Yeah, we were stuck in that cycle in, on Earth to where that, that just limits everything. There's more than, you know, three overall concepts in, in life. Senate chamber is where they, they hold these meetings, and that actually is on Saul, New York the uh, chamber itself holds approximately 380 audience members with six blocks 64 seats each and has a additional visitor balcony so that that pretty much covers the congress any points on that no nothing else i think no most-
2: I think you're right that the three parties is 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 like slightly better than uh I don't know what it's like typically in Europe but I know in America, Australia and England and probably other European countries, I'm not 100% sure, but there's only two parties. So um, you know in, in 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 another whatever 900 years we've we've managed to have a third party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. That's so sad. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and what? Well, we've got the universal party. They're institutionally focused ideology where government and systems will guide the people. And then the centralist party is traditional, even somewhat libertarian style political ideology. It's about sustaining and maintaining the status quo. So I don't even see much difference between these two parties, to be honest. I, these... I'm staring at these <laughs> yeah. words and I'm like, I don't really get any difference between the universal party and the centralist party. The tran- transitionalists, okay, they're forward-looking, progressive, whatever, you know, you know, they want terror to be the capital. So they actually at least, whether you like them or don't like them, I kind of understand what they stand for a little bit more. But the others just seem to be like uh, just
0: variation of each other.
2: Well, yeah. Whatever's going on now, let's just keep doing that, and yeah, that's, that's about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: they yeah, yeah. yeah they, they seem kind
0: of passive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I,
2: when
0: I when I was doing my research, and I got to that, when when I got to the Senate, I had two what the fuck moments. <laughs> We're still not in a. We still don't have term limits for senators. Blows my mind.
1: Hmm.
0: And now we have only managed to add one other party i mean come on dude (laughs) i mean politics is is not that they're they're not that basic to to only have three of three overarching opinions if you will uh now each one has a bunch of different varying opinions amongst each other and there's a spectrum there that that from one side to the next but it come on, nah. No, Let's I, I, move along. Because I'm starting to get irritated with that idea. Wait,
2: wait. Can I can I touch on one thing? Yeah, you can. Can I touch on, on like you've brought up? You've just this has just popped in my head because of what you guys have been saying, and I think it's a bit boring to be honest. So you know, I'm going to say how it is, man. A lot of people say the law is the law. You know, in Star Citizen is good in some parts and it's also bad in some parts. In my opinion, just like anything else in this world, I think the bad part. And the boring part is, I just it just hit me in the head right now because of you, Delta and Ace. There's 35 systems of humanity, right? And in in what's that uh, really good um, sci-fi thing that's on uh, in Amazon now? Um,
0: Expanse.
2: Expanse, mate. There's two planets, and there's problems. Right, yeah. The yeah. guys that live on Mars are like, screw you guys on Earth. That's just two planets. There's 35 systems of humanity, and they're all yeah. falling in line with these three silly parties. And I don't, <laughs> I don't hear of it. Uh, maybe there's more law being churned out, but they're like in Mech it's Warrior, depressing. In Mech Warrior, man, like the the human race goes you know throughout the universe and then not one but thousands of wars break out between the different systems because that's how humans are and that's how they would be like one the humans in one system would be like screw you guys you're not going to come get my resources like there's no way it's a bit boring it's a bit boring man i think they copy and pasted and this just dawned on me in the last five minutes, guys, <laughs> you guys have enlightened me. Yeah, I, me. I agree. It, you guys have enlightened a little me.
1: Bit of, yeah, but I totally agree. It needs a little bit of, uh, maybe let's even call it cultural diversity because it's, um, it's also very yeah. boxy. It's I mean, it's it's all the same, basically. It's a bit homo-
2: homogeneous. <laughs> it it feels like that. Yeah. We haven't seen any other systems yet and all that stuff. Agree, right? It's all just... But 35 systems and there's one em- emperor and three parties and that's it kind of thing. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, there's a lot more to read, you know, but, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's with you, In the- reality... I wouldn't be shocked nor surprised that humanity could be that basic in 37, 35 systems. Because think about it globally on Saul. For the most part, politics are all the same unless you just have a stark contrast in the system that is managing its populace democracy pretty much is just as corrupt and as close-minded to as you you said Maz, two or three parties that are running everything i would not be shocked nor surprised if we wound up with three parties and 37 systems you know light years away from each other
2: yeah well i would be shocked i, I would I, I think i think physical distance is a big weight big way if someone's really far from you that's why the American, like the british that went to america became americans revolted against the you know the, themselves in a, in a way right the the distance is huge in my opinion and i think if there's a a bunch of people five light years away and they've got all these resources and we just rock up and say hey we're planet earth where your Empire emperor give us your stuff we're gonna tax you and they just say oh, okay and then by the way you get to vote for three parties on planet Earth <laughs> like there is no way in hell that's gonna happen man no I I, I think mm. there is no way in hell there'll oh. be like 50 different factions at war with each other
1: absolutely Probably, but I, I think uh, it all depends on the size of the boot in your neck you know, yeah. so uh, yeah, the UEE enforces its, its interests uh, with with an iron fist. It's not like they they are your friendly neighborhood democratic country. They but they sell you,
2: hammerheads to the population. To
1: That's to keep them active and busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to keep the economy flowing, man. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
2: You- your population's got hammerheads, railguns, like all that stuff, and you're telling me that okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree, gentlemen. On that note,
1: it's to have bigger ships and more railguns. It's that easy. <laughs> In the future, for for CIG,
0: something to look into as we develop the game mm. to test, you know, the whole theory around that is yeah. to start opening up some of these political positions to the players because the last game that i was in you know the uh, the the pope or the emperor they they you could actually be that as a player and make decisions and whatnot and set taxes for for the whole entire game yeah So it would be interesting to start incorporating some of these spots and positions to where even if they did the the quanta side of it and, you know, those senators had votes, but also open it up to the population to where players can actually join in the Congress and be a part of this and potentially maybe one day even be an emperor, uh, imperator. I keep wanting to say imperator for some reason but uh <laughs> it's and, anyway so let's let's move on because we still got a lot to cover because this is a vast and main project that humanity has decided to blast across 37 systems so we touch base on the citizens and the civilians citizens you can apply chosen you can be selected through exceptional military um experience uh so the one, the benefits of being a citizen is that you're allowed to own multi-system corporations, okay. uh, pursue political office, yep. vote on UEE issues, work for the UEE government, easier to uh, obtain UEE trade licenses uh, to sell and buy from the uh, Xi'an. How, how do you pronounce that properly? Because I always screwed up. I say Xi'an. I- Chian. i think it's john
2: yes
0: chian or ben local law enforcement might let you skate on smaller crimes if you're and they probably one of the biggest things because ue has such high taxes is the fact that you're you pay a lower tax rate mm-hmm. now as a civilian lowest status begin paying taxes at 17 so if you're 17, get your ass off the couch. Your oh ass God. is going to work to pay taxes. You, and then you, oh, you you're allowed to own property. You can you vote in local legis uh, legislation and elections. But um, outside of that, you cannot go any higher than being a governor as a civilian. Yeah, that sure. pretty much covers that branch the high secretary branch so now we need to cover briefly the high command branch and then move on to high advocacy and these really aren't going to take that long because they're just no, military so cool. roles yeah. so exactly. marines marines are your first responder responders uh, they actually have a, a nickname for the how of their drop pod which are called n- nails um, they, uh, the Marines are initially kept under the umbrella of the army, but then the UEE realized that it needed something, a, a special forces. St- so they started drawing, uh, military personnel from the army and the, uh, the Navy, These right here are your special forces. So you actually have to be selected to be in the Marines. You don't get to apply. Their primary goal is planetary invasion. So these guys, when they show up, they just there to fuck shit up. And if you see the Marines, you know you're in deep shit.
2: Yeah, again... I'm bored of these names. I wish it was something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't uh, know. I mean, I, yeah, you, I think those uh, are...
2: They, they have such deep roots in today. like, And that's what Star Citizen yeah. is. And that's what some people love about it. Some people want more... You want to call it sci-fi stuff? I call it kind of evolution of, you know, a thousand years in the future. Uh, some people, no, no, no. We're always going to be called Marines. And, you know... The spaceships are going to be called Navy, like the ships in the water.
0: <laughs> <I'm> like, okay.
2: <laughs>
0: but like, it will. Yeah. Uh, sociologically, those are names that we, we would be able to say that they are um, archetypes. Those archetypes are never going anywhere. Now, I would agree with you. If the UEE had developed on another system from another area but you're talking about an entity that came from earth. Think about in Australia, you guys pretty much have the the same structure as any, any other military. And a lot of your names are probably similar. The, the, you know, say German army military personnel, they all have adapted and utilized these names that really will always be used. I seriously doubt that the Navy in space is gonna be called anything different other than the Navy. Space Force. Mm.
2: Space yeah. Force. Space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm I mean I'm just like, look what happened in the twentieth century. There was, you know, no Air Force and then there was an air force in, you know, a hundred years. We had these things called squadrons and wings and so in a hundred years, because of new technology, these things new terminology got invented. But imagine like centuries and centuries of people across different systems where they don't have liquid or water and stuff. And what I'm trying to say is it just seems like the UEE everything's after all of this time, like it's not like someone from Mars became Imperator or the culture from Mars outweighed the culture from Earth or it all got mixed in and diluted. It just seems the culture of Earth and that's it. Yeah and everything else doesn't really has no impact on it. You know what I mean? Like we've all had in Australia, like multicultural, like we've got cultural influences from everywhere. You know, classic Australian food has got like, like, um, angles from every country that's in Australia type thing. And it continuously evolves. And I think it's, Boring to me. That's all. It's not. It's not. It's just boring to me. That's all. That we talk about navy marines.
0: Like I said, it's the boot <laughs> on your neck.
2: <laughs> the boot on your <laughs> neck. It's like no other thing has influenced or there's no. They talk about human. It's funny. No
0: cultural diffusion.
2: Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit ironic because they go out of their way, and they it has it in this UE article. In fact. They say that humanity is all mixed together and that's why they have a name like Ivan Suzuki or Hamid Robinson. And you can see in the NPC names in the game that they pick one name from one culture and the, and the second name from another culture. I don't know if you've noticed that. So they go, <laughs> yeah, out, of the, they go out of the way to say that these humans have kind of all mixed into one big blob. But then when it comes to 35 solar systems... And centuries of living on these solar systems, and they're all diverse, like more diverse than planet Earth, you know. The cultures would be 10 times more diverse, and the influences Mm -hmm. on each other would be a thousand times more influential, yet we're just like, everything is like Marines, Navy, Army, you know. Earth is the capital, there's no civil wars, and we have three political parties. It's just a bit boring to me, guys. I'm just gonna say it, oh, it. out. Yeah.
0: I'm definitely <laughs> with you on that. It's just uh to but, me, humanity's basic as fuck, so I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue on, my friend.
0: All right, so then we got the the navy, which is probably the experience we have with the most. Uh, they're, they're focused on the uh, transportation and military resources, maintaining borders and waging military strikes, uh, formed around squadrons. <clears throat> so, imagine obviously, squadron 42 this is going to be uh, a Navy game, Uh, Admiral covers the charge of the carrier with. Squadrons with wing commanders running multiple wings to operate those at any given time. Boot camps. So the boot camps are actually called forges, and the academies are on MacArthur and uh, in the or boot camps are on MacArthur or in MacArthur on in the Killian system. So in on whatever the fuck put macarthur in the killian system yeah then uh army you got holds uh the civilization together so it's more like the the adhesive that binds it all together it's the oldest branch founded in 2380 uh when it was actually the united nations of earth wow Yep. Now, one of the things about the army that I notice is that it, they say it's ultra mechanized, so it's an ultra mechanized ground force. So that Nova tank I love so so much is a army vessel. Yep. yep. Then mm-hmm. the the last aspect of the UEE structure is the high advocate. So the high advocate reminds me of a lot of like. um the U.S. Marshals. Mm-hmm. So essentially, these guys are tracking fugitives and you know dealing with you know enforcement of of the law and the legal system. So even though they do handle fugitives, it looks like the the Bounty Hunter Hunter's Guild gets a, a bulk of those contracts to track down those fugitives. This was formed in twenty five twenty three uh and unfortunately it actually was used negatively on the population during the mesa era as like secret police secret intelligence espionage uh and during that period they were actually implicated in a lot of assassinations so that that branch has some scathe history to where they uh it's a bit dubious it makes you wonder, yeah. you know, if a high advocate, a high advocate shows up, and then they they have different positions there in that high uh, advocacy. But if they show up, it's pretty much like, uh, yeah, you, you, you're fucked up in a way that nobody's going to know about because your ass is about to get assassinated.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're the closest to the criminals and stuff, so more of them would be more corrupt because the temptation. To kind of jump the fence would be there maybe
1: you know oh easy I, yeah. could, Cor- I could also see them abuse their position in many other ways like uh that, that's what like one of those positions that attracts like psychopaths you know
2: yeah
0: oh yeah so so they're dealing with all the scum and the dirt so the nature of uh getting influence comes yeah. along with that Probably they, the I money, would imagine
2: the money that like yeah. criminals have in drugs and women and blah 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 and you know luxury, a shit luxury ton of
0: power too. Yeah. A shit ton of power. Because yeah. I mean you essentially are just tracking down criminals. You can do whatever you want because nobody gives a shit about the criminals anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. I think that sums it up, man. I mean, we we've spoken about the UEE before and I felt like going through the actual structure would help us all understand it a a little better about where it's at, what it's doing, how it operates. We've covered it before, but never got it into it that deep. Now we understand the structure. And after this research, my understanding of the UEE is a little better. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not as aggressive towards it because I do understand that mess of error is over it's still just dealing with the the waves of what happened during that era but with all that being said it definitely doesn't have any jurisdiction in stanton so they still remain on the koa list we're going to slide out of this into open mic (laughs) moz Yes, open
2: mic. Welcome everyone to open mic where we just talk about any thoughts, ideas or uh, anything really that's on our mind. Um, So I'll kick things off with a thought. Um, So on one of the videos today, they showed the uh, atmospheric pressure um, and how, Mm -hmm. you know, as it increases your character can get damaged or your ship can get blown up which in a crusader sort of sense is you know the deeper you go into crusader the pressure increases and and you die but what my open mic um, discussion is about is i remember uh, hearing about you know, we've got a lot of ground vehicles and, and things like that. And people like, hell, man, why do I need a ground vehicle if, you know, if I've got a spaceship that can fly anywhere? And I remember people's responses saying, well, there's going to be some environments where your ship won't be able to go into. And I think this little video kind of uh, re uh, rejuvenated that idea in my mind that, oh, yeah, these guys... We might have some atmospheres on some planets where you'll need a special type of vehicle, whether it's ground or maybe even a, a spaceship, maybe spaceships can't fly into. Um, but it'll put an onus on on getting the right type of vehicle for the right type of environment. And um, yeah, it's not really a question or anything that you guys can chime in on. or You can or feel free to. But um, yeah, just kind of... Reminded me that, yeah, we will have some environments and I think that's where the importance maybe like a tonk can go into, you know, some really dense Chemically infused atmosphere um, Whereas, you know, other spaceships might not be able to and, you know, maybe the Ursa rover or a special Version of the Ursa rover could penetrate into different, you know, environments and, and, and stuff that other ships might not be able to So, um yeah, really interested in that. That little clip of the atmospheres and stuff, Ace, as I was saying, got you know reminded me of, of those conversations that I've had in the past. So keen to, um, yeah, keen to look forward to see these kind of hazardous environments, um, and um, yeah, make for interesting gameplay as to what what vehicles you need, and there might be some vehicles that are environmental vehicles purely.
1: Um, I'm gonna say that opens up the possibility to to have like uh, actual exploratory vehicles in in some sort of sense that you will need to have to to get to certain points, otherwise you wouldn't be able to reach them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can see that yeah. yeah. Delta. Not. Not. Not really. Any. Anything. T- for, for conversation wise but yeah that was just
0: i disagree thoughts. with that uh, hold okay. on i'm, I'm gonna uh, you know tag along with what you're saying because i was processing what you were saying so yeah. i was thinking about the possibilities that we could have there which kind of touches on a subject that we talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about a dynamic economy the type of vehicles that you could have the one that I had stated, you know, if you had one where you could go to microtech and you could scoop up snow and then it refined the the snow into hydrogen and oxygen. So you have vehicles for specific function that can go in specific environments. Now on this particular point, Crusader, with the atmospheric pressure and the deeper you go, You know, the effects on that we saw in that video. What if we had a vehicle that could go to the core of Crusader and then there were some, uh, say, power management balancing involved and you would have to necessarily have an engineer to look at data, to manage information and the ship shakes and you have to tweak things to get deeper and deeper. But the the. The vehicle is designed to get to its core to, say, um, harvest some gas that's very profitable. But actually, even if you had this vehicle, the gameplay involved with getting to its core is really de- difficult, maybe with a 70% failure rate, and then the other 30%, if you could be successful, is very lucrative. I could really get on board with something like that because it makes the gameplay deeper, more immersive than, you know, as far as multi-crew is concerned. You would absolutely need a large multi-crew vessel for something like that, and everyone would have uh, a necessary function.
2: That's a great idea, man. Uh, That's kind of like exploration with, like, instead of exploration being just kind of like manage my fuel and point in a direction and quantum drive in different directions, but to actually have an active gameplay of these crew members running around and, and, and balancing things so that the ship doesn't collapse in a hazardous environment. It's, it's would be pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of drew off of that from, uh, you guys ever <laughs> seen the movie Armageddon?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So Armageddon at the end where uh, Homeboy is trying to drill those last few meters they need to get. And and Harry's telling them to stop. And he's like, Harry, just fucking listen to me, dude. If you don't ever listen to anything I say, just listen to me. So, you know, he's, he's up there. He's managing the this and that, moving this and functioning this lever. I mean, that's what I kind of imagine something like that being. Yeah. To get that much deeper to its core. Uh, So I'm on board with that. I actually like that idea. This is very, very good perspective.
2: Yeah. So um, that's my open mic topic, guys. So what about you, uh, Delta? You go this time. You always go last. We'll make you go second this time.
0: Yeah, how about that? So what I'd like to see is CIG, take a few of your employees, maybe five of them, please, and put emphasis on uniting your website, org information with the game. Please make that work together because we need more emphasis on org structure in the game And the ability to, say, have org ships, for instance, we have org fun and org fun in our org, but we can't necessarily go buy an org ship. And, you know, officers and VPs have access to it uh, when, when I'm not in the game or a person that has a bunch of ships. Doesn't have any. It would be nice to be able to have org property that other people you can, uh, assign access to. So even if it was just, uh, it was a a trusted member, say, and you could sign access to them, give them rights to, to call it out and be able to manage your org within the game. Right now you can only manage the org outside of the game on the website but there really is no major benefit to being in an org i would definitely like to see cig one link the website to the game when it comes to orgs and i would like to see more capabilities for orgs in game say on your social tab you would be able to see who's in your org Online, like when you create a party, it would just be another, another channel, all the org members, if you wound up in the same server. But org property and org structure, maybe even an org fund of some sort in-game would be
1: nice to have for the org leader. I know that org hangars are planned where everybody can put in ships and assign them to those hangers, and everybody can use them, but not sure on how, when, or what specifically is going to get, going to get made. I just heard Oracle. That's good to know.
2: Yeah. That's a good, good idea. I mean, I'm thinking in my MMO, I play all the scrolls online and all these other MMOs. have got banks like guild banks and they got guild, um, you know, depositories where you can put equipment and stuff in. And uh, anyone, mm-hmm. anyone can pull it out from there, and you can see who pulls out what and all that sort of stuff, and you can control uh, who can do what. Yeah, all that kind of guild sort of systems would be really, really useful.
0: We're going to have to have that when we get base building. I mean, mind you, base building's probably not even going to be a thing for the next couple of years. They're going to need to focus on that, because once you build a base, I mean you're going to have to have org property you know it doesn't need to all be on individuals to build things because then that's going to make everything complicated it would nice to be able to say put down some sort of um beacon or uh uh, we called it a monument on our last game and you could slowly acquire land around that and your emphasis and territory expanded the longer you were there. So that that is gonna be absolutely essential for the success of Orcs to be able to have something like that. Now, I know, Ace, you don't have many details for what's coming. The fact that you said that makes me think that essentially, like you said, it might be where you can put a ship in a hangar And then people can have access to it. It'd be really nice to be able to have, like, the org owns this, not an individual. Naturally, it would be under the control of uh, the founder of the org. But I think they should give access and uh, capabilities to control stuff like that to, say, your vice president or any officers that you assign that ability to. That Mm -hmm. way it can continue on but we definitely need more emphasis on what the capabilities for orgs are in the game i don't they haven't put any effort into that whatsoever
1: not yet it's it's gonna come at some point i'm very very convinced they will do something because it's absolutely needed i agree it's uh yeah all right well, that's it for me this be- respect systems
2: all, All right, right um, nice. Up to you, my man. What's...
1: Uh, I'd like to give some feedback on the Nine Tales event uh, because um, I felt it was very one-sided, uh, playing on the UEE side or on, on Crusader's side better. It uh, wasn't very entertaining. Uh, the DAIs were uh, really bad in the best cases, and it it just got too repetitive we in, in that one instance i think we killed like 20 hammerheads one after the other and that, that was a little too much and on the other hand playing on the nine tails side was really complicated because um you, you didn't have the same chances as uh as the good side players in every kill resulted in prison time instantly really and yeah, you couldn't you couldn't just hop back into the fight. They had they, they should have had uh, deactivated the com the comlink set or something like that, and, and deactivated the uh, call to arms mission in that for the uh. Uh, criminal players in that event, so so they could get back into the fight because there was no way other than uh, either working your sentence off really fast or escaping from prison and then hopping back into the fight. But you lost a lot of time and. Uh, most of the time, the battle was over already at, at that moment, right? Yeah, that, all, I could see why that would be severely one-sided. Yeah, and another thing was uh, you you didn't like really gain anything from playing on the Ninetales side, which was also disappointing. OK, okay you got like a 50,000 payout for every destroyed ship or something like that. But other than that, there was nothing, like uh, no reputation, no badge no nothing i I thought there they could have done a little thing and uh well it's it's maybe a thing to remem to to uh remember in the future at the next iteration of the game make the uh, opposing site more attractive because uh fighting a i gets old after. Well, five minutes. Not instantly, but yeah, but I mean you know it it's it's not that cool you, you you look at that hammerhead in in your in your whatever ship you are in that particular moment and hold down the left mouse button until it goes poof, and that's it and then you look for the next one and there's no real challenge you you had no uh, no really hard combat situations where you had to evade lasers and I mean, the, the hardest thing to evade were other players, not not really knowing where they were going. And uh,
2: the AI is completely useless at the moment, and hopefully it'll get better. Uh, oh, so,
1: I, I totally disagree. Okay, I totally disagree. The totally AI can't. Yeah, man, the AI can kick ass if you're a criminal player and have to face the UAE uh, Navy. It's so much harder. Is it? Okay. Uh, fight. Yeah, man those ships actually shoot back and they uh, they aim at you and they shoot at a more frequent basis and they do maneuvers and try to evade way harder it, i didn't okay. know either <laughs> i was really surprised this week like oh my god what's this so it's only the <laughs> it's bad guys high... that
2: really suck
1: yeah it's uh, they get to suffer the most and um, i mean i i can totally understand you don't want everybody to be a criminal and everything Hmm. But we already have prison in place, which is uh, already a huge downer on, on on the side of the criminals. So yeah, maybe make it more attractive because um, it would have been cool to see both sides of the conflict. Yeah, and uh, be able oh. to enjoy it more.
2: Really good feedback, yeah. man.
1: I think I think that's it for for the open mic from my side. Just wanted to give my impression on Ninetales.
2: There you go, CIG. Some valuable feedback. Um, And that sums up our open mic section, guys. Thank you, Delta. Thanks, Ace. And uh, we're going to move on to questions because I think we've got some questions.
0: Do
2: you remember Ghostbusters, guys? Do you guys guys old enough to see Ghostbusters? Hell Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember the secretary when they got the first call? We got one. You know, the first call that came in to, to <laughs> yeah, start off their business. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I feel like saying, We got one. We got a question. I,
0: I know the exact scene <laughs> you're talking about. So we're going to shift on into questions. So the first question is from Slash, and it looks like this is a multi-tier question, however, it's primarily dealing with uh, PvP versus PvE make Uh, So his first question is, can they make up? And then the next question that goes along is, why is PvP so important to you? Then he does the same for, for PvE. And do you see PvPers getting a bad rep and the same for PVEers? So this is a PvP PVE question, which is like uh the ultimate quandary in star I mean in MMOs in general, and especially in Star Citizen. So what do you think, Moss? Can they make a
2: can they make up well i read a lot of spectrum posts man i I, when i go to bed i'm reading spectrum posts and you know this is one of the hot topics on on spectrum and in many mmos um except more so in star citizen because at least in other mmos like there's distinct pvp areas distinct pve areas and there's not much conflict in between most of the time but in Star Citizen, it's all mashed in together so Can they make up? Well, that would mean me representing a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and saying, yes, they can or no, they can't. But um, I think if, I think there is a way. I think if CIG or, yeah. CIG is the only person that can do this or entity that can do it. If CIG comes out and sort of stops addressing the game in PvE and PvP terms and and uses the term that I do, like PvX, and sort of says, this is a PvX game, guys. You know, one day you'll be Pving here and there'll be PvP is there and there's no boundaries and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to call it PvX. If they kind of set the tone... That might trickle down into the community, and, and then you know, everyone puts their pitchforks down and, and hugs each other and holds hands and sing sing kumbaya. But I don't see it really happening. Um, I'm a, one of the, I think, unique not unique, but in the minority where I, I see it as a PVX game and I describe it as a PVX game, so um so slash um i think the chances are slim of them making up
1: <laughs> very i have to wholeheartedly agree <laughs> to that yeah yeah um the thing is uh while pve is fun it can get boring for some people so i can totally understand the PVPers. i enjoy pvp fighting too because it gives me a challenge. It, g- it gives me excitement. And at the end of the day, I don't lose anything right now. I mean, later down the line, that might change. Like, uh, my, my attitude towards it might might be completely different. But for now, why not enjoy it while we can? And um, I can also understand a lot of the PVE guys. Uh, like, uh, they, they just want to have their a quiet space experience and haul cargo from A to B and just watch uh, QT travel. But that's not how it works. It, it's a dangerous universe. You can always be attacked and uh, you have to be aware of it. And then maybe don't fight back in, in your, in your transport ship. If, if there's guy, guys who are <laughs> directly after you, maybe, maybe don't complain afterwards. Just fucking run. Not that hard. You know not everybody can be commander shepherd that's also another thing people get really angry if they get beaten several times in a row and then they start calling others griefers and, and all the name calling starts and all the the bitterness and salt cooks up and it's totally not necessary man it's uh <laughs> just enjoy it or fucking learn from it i mean if you get your ass kicked 10 times in a row and then you start complaining in chat nobody's going to take you seriously i, I mean just ask the dude for flight lessons. Maybe that helps you further in your future uh, gameplay. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Man, don't be bitter about it, man. It's... Not so everyone it's gets to a hero. It's an eternal
0: battle that will never end <laughs> between PvP and PvE and MMOs, especially those that um, mesh them together. Same issue in the last MMO I I had. It was predominantly populated by PvPers. So it made it real difficult for PvEers to enjoy the game. Now in this game, as of now, the population is substantially on the end of PvEers. So they start whining and complaining. A lot, especially like uh, Ma said, if you you read Spectrum, you'll see it going back and forth, back and forth. Can they make up? No. But what you can have is cooperation. Take, for instance, our org. We're a multi-spec org, and that's been one of the balances, even within an org, trying to balance between the two because last MMOs and... You'll always get the PvEers whining. Why does the PvPers get all the best equipment and and we always seem to be doing something to to support them? You know, well they they don't do anything. They just do whatever they want. They're always fighting. And then on the other end, the PvPers are are mad because the PvEers are complaining and the the PvEers are. Taking money because they need to buy resources that we don't currently have. So it's it's one of those situations where you got two the st- uh, stark contrast and what each player is doing in two different functions. So naturally, it's going to be abrasive towards each other. But trying to find that balance even within the org is very difficult. More so in, in a craft-based game, survival game, than any other. But PvEers in this game, they got a judgment coming. Because when server meshing comes in, this game is not going to be fun for you anymore for a long time. Because more PvPers are going to start flooding into this game. When combat gets flushed out, desync gets fixed, and we get server meshing, PVPers are going to be flooding into this, and I think that balance is going to shift the other way. And then after a couple months of the wars and diplomacy and bl- divisions of certain territory, it'll balance out. But PvEers have definitely got another thing coming when it comes to permission. I don't even think they realize what's coming. I think we pretty much answered uh, why is PvP and. Uh, Important because it is necessary. We touched base on that. And then the same for PVEers as far as why it's important. They just enjoy the loops. You know, PvP makes the game a little more interesting instead of mining all the time. Uh now, as far as the question, do you see PvPers getting a bad rep? I think we have to start off by identifying their PvPers in my mind. I distinguish them this way, PVPers, and you got griefers. Okay, so a PVPer is essentially not only looking for a thrill or something more interesting to do in the game, get his adrenaline up, he or she, um, but they also are looking for a challenge, like at the top tier of PVPers. They're looking for a challenge, so they're not looking for minors. They're not looking for PvEers. They're looking for other players that are flying around in military vessels, and it's one guy flying a, a buccaneer, and he wants to go against a fully crewed hammerhead to test his pilot skills. That's the most ideal version of a PvPer. Now, at the base level the most rudimentary basic motherfucker that is a pvp that really disgusts me and i'd like to slap in real life or knock the shit out of are those people that are just trolls and they're toxic and they're griefing just to fucking do it because they can and it makes everybody's experience miserable like you got a fully crude hammerhead of you know non-douchebags that are going around just blowing up miners for no damn reason without even holding them at ransom or fighting a damn arrow and then they keep tracking that one person or going to a port with a retaliator and just sitting there blowing people up and laughing about it because they're shooting them on the pads i mean that's disgusting that's reprehensible to me Um now because of those players, it has a more negative weight in the human mind. Negativity weighs much more than positivity. So I absolutely do see PvPers getting a bad rep because of the griefers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I,
2: I just wanna uh, I think I think it just ties into uh, the earlier question. No, PvPers and PVEs can't make up. So therefore, we've got two groups that are at war and do you see pvps getting a bad rep yes i do from those pveers that hate them do i see PvEs getting a bad rep yes i do from the pvpers that hate them so they're kind of all it's just interrelated with the war that's going on right for better or for worse even the non-griefers even the guys that don't grief and try to you know try to like you know do piracy as best they can with the limits of this alpha that they're in, right? There's not much they can do. So they try their best. Then they'll, you know, run into your ship, steal your ship to to get the money, right? To get your mining goods. Even in that situation, people will, you know, Oh, someone stole my ship. What are you doing? I'm only mining. What's in it for you? Like, so yeah, I think, I think they, they get a bad rep from, from each other type thing, if that makes any sense. Um,
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And uh, just to, just my take on why is PVP so important? Well, not to me, but I was going to say PVP is important to a game because I think we touched on it before. The amount of data that the developer gets from, from development sense is just the essence of, of the data. Uh, the, the importance of the data comes from the PVP side of humans interacting with humans. Because humans are so smart and always looking to exploit things and push things to the limit. So that kind of feeds into development, let alone the fact that it adds adrenaline to this universe, right? Even if I was a pve a pure pve um, I slight to tend a little bit more on the PvE side, sort of. I mean, I've only been pvp the last two months, but... You know when things start <laughs> things start working, um, I'll I'll go back into logistics and stuff. But I know that there's PvP in this world, so that gives me an adrenaline rush when I sit in my caterpillar, and I love that adrenaline rush. So, as yeah, a PvE, Pv-
0: exactly.
2: yeah, as a PVE that's important to me to have that the hair on the back of my neck, you know, on you know, sort of on its end because I'm, I'm I'm I've got a expectation of being attacked
0: all right so we're gonna shift on over to uh another player's question takeo yara appreciate the question thank you takeo nine 90 of my time is spent playing solo my in-game plan was to get a c2 and do trading but with that loop being dead right now i'd like to invest my AUEC on fighting ship and do bounty hunting solo. I'd like to hear recommendations for from the three of you for a ship that could not only help me clear VHRT solo but also accommodate at least one other player either on a turret or as a co-pilot. My budget is around
1: $5 million. Go with the Vanguard. That's the first, ship. The
2: That's the first ship that came into my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah you I I'll, have the option to to take another one and you have the option to actually deal damage on your own. A, a hurricane wouldn't do because you need that turret gunner to actually deal the damage. So yeah, it's pretty We're much in the only.
0: HRT's with a Vanguard is definitely doable, but then you you're dealing with three three different variants there with that ship. I would absolutely recommend the Warden. Go with the warden because you know those other four guns on your ship outside of the, the size five that are your guns, you get a higher DPS rate um with the the special guns that come on the warden. I think they are like MRVS or MVAs, MVAs. I think they're MVAs. Yeah. They have like a, a DPS of five hundred and four but if I would go with the warden I actually still love my sentinel I was just trying to figure out it's it's fitting the verse and the the load out that's appropriate to run them solo but once you put somebody in that turret it definitely makes it a a formidable ship to go up against for for anybody at that point
1: isn't the sentinel slice better than the harbinger though right like it's it's a little more agile and slightly more nimble or am i getting that wrong
0: i don't know i i've never flown I, the other I ones think uh, the variants actually differ okay the harbor they do differ now as far as flight and functionality when it comes to flight i don't know that there is a difference but there is a difference on what you are capable of using like for instance the harbinger has a higher missile capability like you can have a shit ton of missiles on the harbinger which is I, to be honest with you if i had the the money i'd own all three of them because i, I absolutely love that ship uh yeah and that would keep you under five million because you could trick it out get all of the components that you need and the best shit to go on it for like three Maybe 3.1 saves the yeah. money, pocket that and save for you a 600i because that's the <laughs> best one to go for. If you could increase your budget to about 10 11 million,
2: there we go. The Vanguard Warden is a solid recommendation. I think that would definitely suit those needs. Yep, and if you can
0: double that budget, you can just run with a 600i, which is even better. Yep. All right.
2: Thanks, TACO. Yep.
0: Yep. Thank you, guys. Slash, you actually had some other questions. We're going to move those into next week. And then uh, I think that sums it up, guys. This is a, another episode for the books. How you guys feeling about the show so far? Pretty good. I'm enjoying it.
2: I enjoy it thoroughly. I'm learning a lot as well.
0: That is one of the yeah, things I can say about part. this we i am learning a shit ton about this game because we we have to force ourselves to do research to think about it even more critically than we would it had we not you know been a part of this yeah i i definitely have to to say being in this show is very rewarding especially with the the segments that we've created and shit. I i enjoyed the camaraderie here, everything that we've done so far is making me a better player. It's making me think more critically. It, hell, even in my gameplay and how I function and interact with the org. And when I th- see things in game now, I know more of the history of it and why it's there. And then a lot of the players, are like, what the fuck, So How do you know that? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's this podcast.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right, guys, so that's it. Citizens, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Citizen Feed. So for all of our social links, check down below. Hit us up on social media. The best thing that you can do for us is join the Discord. Give us some questions. Send those questions in so we can uh, address that interaction is is necessary to keep this thing going and the population involved in what we're doing. If you want to shoot us an email at the citizenfeed at gmail.com, you can do that as well. Citizens, hit that like button so we can get this in the algorithm. Drop a comment below. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Say what you think about the show interact with us give us feedback but do it so we can all increase the amount of people watching the citizen feed because what we're doing is trying to focus on bringing you the best podcast that we possibly can to entertain you guys so you keep coming back for more so until next week delta x 85 out